0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Unfiltered Truth Podcast, where our hope is to encourage you to wholeheartedly embrace your unfiltered truth, and to discover the
1: value and purpose of your story, and the stories of those around you, by hearing others
0: share theirs. I'm Sky, and I'm Isabel, and we and a couple of our friends have started this little ministry we like to call Unfiltered Truth where we ask people to share the highs and the lows, the good and the bad, and everything in between that's brought them to where they are today. So here are some of those stories. Enjoy.
1: Hey guys, welcome to the Unfiltered Truth Podcast. We're so excited to have all of you guys here with us today.
0: Yes, and today we have our friend, Bethany Wouders, um, who's going to share her story with us. Um, Bethany's been serving in ministry, really, her whole life, and besides leading worship and teaching in the nursery, she just loves being with her friends, and she is such a good friend. Um, She loves eating Chick-fil-A, going on hikes, watching movies, playing board games, and very important, she is infamous for her dancing, and... (laughs) (laughs) In the words of Bethany, she goes hard on any dance floor, especially at weddings. So people, invite Bethany to your wedding. Yes,
2: please. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, and I met Bethany. Bethany and I met each other in New Zealand, actually, mm-hmm. when she was serving, I guess you would call it a missions trip, right? Yeah. Or like a ministry trip mm-hmm. in New Zealand, not a shabby place to serve. And yeah. while I was um, attending Bible college there, and we met, and we've been Instagram friends ever since. Mm-hmm. and. I'm a big fan of Bethany's Instagram and (laughs) um, all the things that she says. So, um, yeah, we've asked her to be on our podcast today. Um, Yeah. And Bethany, we are
1: so excited to have you here. Um, And I can speak for Isabel and I. Thank you so much just for joining us and for just be willing to do this with us. So, Bethany, would you give us the honor and tell us your story?
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, before I start, I just want to thank you guys so much for asking me. I am just so excited to have this opportunity and to share what God has done in my life in a different way, because this is my first time being on a podcast. So super (laughs) excited for that. Um, But like Isabel said, I have been in ministry basically my entire life. I was saved at three years old. I remember going to a Christian preschool, and my parents met at their young adults group at their church and got married when they were 24. So I grew up in a Christian household. I was the only child, and I just remember being in my little preschool group, and the teacher asked us if we wanted to accept Jesus into our hearts, and I said, yep, that's me. Put me in, coach. So I, um, I've been walking with Jesus for almost twenty two years, and mm-hmm. I am actually no, I just forgot my age. I'm going to be twenty six, so it's been like almost twenty four years. Yeah, I don't know how old I am anymore. Um, <laughs> I guess after like twenty five, it just kind of goes downhill. Yeah. yeah, so I've been a Christian basically my entire life, and I am so grateful for that because I know that not many people have that testimony of God's faithfulness from such a young age. And a lot of people, when you talk about what they've been through, they'll say, well, I remember where I was before I met Jesus, and that was a very dark place. And I'm like, I mean, the terrible twos were like pretty rough, I guess. But I just don't have that kind of story because I've just only really ever known Jesus. And I am Mm -hmm. so so grateful that I've only ever really known Jesus. I've definitely Mm, made my mistakes for sure. But when it comes to walking in darkness and walking away from the Lord, I haven't really ever done that. So Mm. very grateful that God has continually walked with me and has been faithful to hold my hand the entire time. And Mm, it's just so sweet to be able to Almost not know anything apart from that because Hmm. I don't ever want to know a life without Jesus, Hmm. and I can't imagine my life without him. So, Hmm. um, when I was born, I was born in San Diego, and when I was five, my parents uh, moved up to Portland, Oregon. My dad got a job up there, so I lived there from the time I was five until I was eighteen and had graduated high school, and. About the time that we moved, I don't know really what happened, but I found just that I was overcome with anxiety. I had a panic attack after mm-hmm. panic attack. and Honestly, I don't really know why I never went to see a doctor because it was debilitating. I mm-hmm. could not go to school. I would beg my parents To keep me home because I was just so afraid of everything. Mm -hmm. And I, this is a little bit gross, but I saw one of the kids in my class throw up one day at school, and that turned into a fear of getting sick. So I Mm -hmm. like never wanted to go to school because I thought that if he got sick at school, then I was gonna get sick at school. And my Mm -hmm. dad had to come and sit with me in class as I sobbed, like, I can't be here. I'm so overcome with panic and anxiety I just have to leave and this is really sad but it makes me laugh now looking back on it um we had like third grade yearbooks and this kid named Alex wrote in my yearbook I'm so glad you got over that time when you cried a lot
1: <laughs> That's sweet of a third I'm
2: so, yeah little eight-year-old Alex is like Aww. I'm really glad you don't cry anymore you know <laughs> I was a very anxious child, and that even, I mean, like looking back on my life, I am so glad that I'm not there anymore in terms of I'm not like crippled by my anxiety. I don't have random panic attacks when people get sick or when, like, I was terrified of the snow. And living in Oregon where it snows, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to get stuck. I'm never going to be able to go outside or like leave my school or whatever. I just, anything that I had a reason to be scared about, I was. And I found that the only thing that helps is the Lord. And I mean, I've tried to, like, I mean... I've never been in a relationship. I've never um, like turned to guys for my source of satisfaction. I've never turned to sex or drugs or alcohol or anything like that to numb that anxiety, but I've definitely tried to just figure it out on my own and Mm. that never works. I, I can't like explain how the peace of God feels because everybody experiences it a little bit differently. But there were a couple times in Bible college where I was having a panic attack. Like I could just feel it coming over me. And I would just like stop and pray and ask God to overwhelm me with his peace. Because I was so overwhelmed by my anxiety. And you know that verse in Psalms where David writes, You anoint my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Mm-hmm. In Psalm 23. Yeah that's how it feels when the peace of God comes over me. It's like he anointed my head with oil and it was like running down and
0: Mm. it was
2: just like his peace just covers and it overwhelms Mm. and it's just so wonderful because I don't know if either of you've ever experienced anxiety or a panic attack, Mm. but it can be so shameful because you can't help it. A lot of times, I mean, you can get anxious about something, like if you're nervous or worried about a circumstance or a situation and you don't know how it's going to end up, um, you can definitely experience anxiety in that way. But in terms of like, nothing's going on, there's no reason for this feeling, it just happens. It can be so shame inducing because you can't control it and you can't fix it. It's just, you're experiencing it and you don't know what's going on. And it's in those moments where the Lord has been even more true than he already is because he's so true. Like I said, I've only ever known him and he's been so true in my life, but it's really in those moments when it's at supernatural overcoming of peace that he brings Mm -hmm. that it's even more evident that he exists in my life anyways um yeah I love that but yeah so I am so grateful that I don't get panic attacks like hardly ever I don't even experience them like once a year anymore Mm -hmm. so that in Mm -hmm. itself is a testimony of God's faithfulness in my life and just him delivering me from all of that because it's like night and day from how I was to how I am now. And especially Mm -hmm. in this coronavirus situation where there could be so much to be fearful about. And like, if I were six-year-old Bethany in this day and age, I would be experiencing that anxiety over this and not knowing what was going to happen. But because of that, because of his deliverance of this and, That's not to say that I don't still get anxious because I do, Mm -hmm. but it's not Mm -hmm. like how it was when I was a kid. I am so, so thankful that I don't experience that. And I don't wish that on anybody. It is honestly scary to just not know where your mind is going to go and to not be able to like, for me, experiencing an anxiety attack, um, it's physical and that like my heart races, I get shortness of breath. I can't grip things. Like I lose my strength in my hands. So like turning a page or like holding a pencil is like really hard, but mostly it's like your thoughts kind of like become like a hurricane where they're like spinning and spinning and spinning or like a tornado Mm -hmm. and you like can't focus on one or it's one thought that is taking over everything else. Mm
1: -hmm. So
2: all of that combination with just like, I don't know, the ickiness that anxiety brings is just so unwanted and I don't wish anybody to experience that. Mm -hmm. So outside of that, um, I just love being in ministry. I've been serving in ministry since I was a kid. Um, I started out in the nursery when I was like 11 and then Sunday school, Wednesday night school. Um, I started leading worship when I was maybe like 16 or 17 and then when Mm -hmm. I went to Bible college that became like more of a thing and then how I met Isabel in New Zealand was I'm involved in this worship band team thing called Revo Collective (laughs) and the Lord's faithfulness has been evident in that too and that we've been able to go to beautiful places like New Zealand and Austria and Italy and (laughs) Kansas (laughs)
1: <laughs> um, the kansas.
2: people in kansas are great people are like oh kansas that's like the uncoolest place in america except <laughs> maybe nebraska you know so it's like, the people in kansas are so wonderful and people always ask me like what did you love about your trip? What made it so amazing? It's always the people. The people yeah. make or break a trip. Like you could go to a beautiful place like New Zealand, but if you don't have the right people with you, you probably would not have a good trip. That's so, true. So yeah, I mean, God's faithfulness and allowing me to be involved in Riva has just been so sweet, and I am very thankful for those guys. I miss them because I'm in Nashville and. I think all of them now are in California, Mm. and they are just – they're so wonderful. They're like my second family, Um, Mm. and they have just been so awesome, and I love leading worship with them. I miss leading worship with them because, I mean – you get so used to how everybody operates and like, you can just look at somebody and you know, the spirits moving in them to sing this song. And you're like, I got your harmony. I'm going to, follow you. you know, like it's just, you get so tightly knit when you do life together for so many years and travel Mm -hmm. around the world and you see hardships and you face them together and you get out Mm -hmm. of them together. The Lord brings you through them and it's just, you get so much closer. So Yeah. yeah, I've been doing that for like seven years. Um, and now that I'm in Nashville, which is a whole other story that we don't have time for, but (laughs) now that I'm in Nashville and I'm honestly, and truly 100% by myself, this is the first time that I haven't lived anywhere near any family of mine. My closest family is in Ohio and those are my cousins. Mm -hmm. Um, it has been very stretching and very growing. I I mean, especially, like, being away from your family at a time like this in the world has just yeah. been so interesting. And, like,
0: mm. losing my
2: job because of the coronavirus and mm. having to figure out, like, well, am I going to be able to afford my rent? Because that's a thing now yeah. that I didn't have before. Yeah. Or um, – Like, it's only been seven months, God, and I know that you've made a way for me to come out here. It was so obvious. Like, every door was open and every detail lined up just perfectly for me to come out here. I Mm -hmm. trust that my time isn't done yet. But if it is, like, okay, then I'll go home to Portland or I'll go back to California, whatever it is that you want. But seeing, just seeing, like, God bringing me out here. And how he has so faithfully provided for me, down Mm. to the last penny for things like mission trips or my car or living in Nashville in general. Like, everything he's provided for that has been in his will, I know that he's going to continue to do that as I follow after him. So, Mm, even though it's hard to be by myself, and I mean, like, I'm turning 26 in a couple months and I'm still like, I have no idea what I'm doing with my life, but it's okay because God's got it. And I don't really have anxiety about it anymore. When I was younger, I was like, man, God, I have no idea what you're going to do. And I'm so terrified of everything. And how is this going to turn out? Now I'm just like, well, I still have no idea how this is going to turn out, but I trust in you and I've Mm -hmm. seen your past past faithfulness, so I'm going to see your future faithfulness and your present faithfulness. I can just trust that whatever it is that you have for me, like it's been so good in all of my years and I know that it's just going to continue to be good Mm -hmm. as long as I trust in your will and follow Mm -hmm. after you. So I really have no idea what the rest of my life looks like. Not that any of us ever do, because tomorrow's not even promised. But right. I just am excited to see outside of working from Chick-fil-A, I am so excited <laughs> to see what God has in store for us as we come out of this crazy season and we see what's coming next. I yeah. I mean the rest of the world is just like how we are right now we have no idea what to expect but i honestly have just i don't know if it's god or if it's just my wishful thinking but i truly believe that he is going to use this craziness of this virus to bring about revival
0: and to draw people Mm -hmm. to
2: him because Mm -hmm. we need god now more than ever Mm -hmm. yeah but yeah yeah I mean, that's like just a very, very small part of what God has done in my life.
0: Hmm. Seriously, Beth, that was so beautiful. And the thing that, like, stands out to me is just how beautifully you portrayed a life forever lived with Jesus. Hmm. Um, I think something that I stumble upon so often in hearing different people's testimonies that ha- were born and raised in the church or are pastors, kids or ministry kids or missionary kids. And they're just, I think something in them says, I don't have a story because like you said, like I've never seen myself go from this crazy place in life to now being saved. I've just always known Jesus. Um, and what would you say to someone who just feels like their story is insignificant because They've always known Jesus.
2: Hmm. That's a good question. I have definitely found myself there because you hear these radical testimonies of people being brought out of the worst things that a person could experience into a saving faith. And I've listened to these people and I have thought the same thing. Like my testimony is so insignificant compared to theirs. Like, yeah, God saved me at three. And I've just believed in him ever since. But I found that it's, I mean, I don't want to exalt myself because that's not my intention at all. But just like I know people that are like me and have thought about my or their testimony being insignificant, and then hearing what I have to say and being like, wow, just like you're saying, wow, like she has lived a life of faithfulness to the Lord as best as she could and if she has only ever walked with Jesus and she's had that, then maybe my story has significance too, they're going to be able to be that for somebody else and yeah. and not only that, but it is these people that have absolutely insane stories of where they've been in their lives that see the beauty of walking with Jesus all of your life yeah they Mm -hmm. envy that you know they want that so much they say I would much rather have a life of blandness if you will because I've been through such terrible things that if I could have just only ever known Jesus what a life that would have been you know Mm -hmm. they they aspire to that they wish that they had that testimony. And I've had people tell me that, you know, as we've gone out and done like homeless ministry over the years and you're talking with somebody and just getting to know them. And then you share what you've been through and you're like, well, like I don't want to make it seem like I'm complaining because you've been through a lot. You know, they, they say like, man, like, I wish I had that story. I wish that I had only known God and, yeah. It is that beautiful picture of redemption, regardless mm-hmm. of where you're from, or what you've done, or how you've lived. God is the same God, and that little insignificant parts of your life that you feel are small and unworthy of feeling like bad about, God still redeemed you from that. His redemption mm-hmm. isn't any less just because you told a lie or stole lipstick from a grocery store. Compared to yeah. this person that was a murderer, you know, mm-hmm. every yeah. sin is still a sin in God's eyes. It's not bigger than anything else because it's still missing the mark, but yeah. his redemption covers all of it. His mm-hmm. salvation. Wasn't just for the murderers and the thieves and the adulterers, but it was for the church kid that was lying to their parents about whatever it was. And then asking for forgiveness an hour later, you know, yeah. like yeah. God didn't just die for the bad people, quote unquote, he died for everybody. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. think that yeah. it's important to remember that just because you didn't have a hard life of crime, that you are somehow less worthy of God's salvation and his love.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's Something okay. I love about that. It's just such a testament also to your parents' faith and how they raised you in the Lord. And I think, Mm -hmm. um, speaking of like those people who you're going to tell your testimony to, and you're like, Oh, I don't mean to brag, but like, I've known Jesus forever. And you know, if they were recently saved, how encouraging is that to them? Like, Oh, wow. Like when I have kids one day, like I want to raise them like Bethany's parents did, you know, it's so encouraging for those who have been through a lot, or maybe their parents haven't been through them, um, to know that there's a future for their children that could be the same as yours, um, Mm -hmm. by just, Trusting in the Lord, because I'm sure that's all your parents did. They just prayed for you you since the day you were born and just trust Jesus to lead you. um, Mm -hmm. Because that's all you really can do as parents. I just love that so much, Bethany. Yeah, absolutely. Um, One of the questions I have, because I have struggled with personally struggle with it about the same panic attacks you're speaking of. Um, And it was really hard for me growing up. And I know it's really hard for a lot of others. And I'm wondering in your mind, because how you have followed Jesus since you were three years old and how, you know, you never really turned to drugs, alcohol, boys. um, Was there any part of you that when you were experiencing these like super strong anxiety attacks was just like why god like why me like i've been following you um i'm reading through the book of job right now Mm. and that's just kind of what i'm seeing it's like wow out of all the people in the world like God chooses Job, you know, Mm -hmm. for like the enemy to go after. And Job, he does struggle in the beginning. I mean, he never curses the Lord. He never goes against the Lord, but he questions the Lord and he's, he's God. Why? Like, why? Mm -hmm.
2: So, and I know
1: in my times of anxiety and my times of struggles, there's parts of me that's like, God, why? Like, I've Mm -hmm. been with you. So I just want to hear from Mm -hmm. you, like, how was that season? Like in the midst of like the middle of the worst anxiety attacks, the worst panic attacks, were there ever parts of you that just questioned why this was happening?
2: Mm -hmm, Absolutely. And I mean, I experience that on a daily basis, regardless of what it is that I'm Mm -hmm. like, I'm experiencing the why, why God, why in the middle of whatever else I'm experiencing. Because Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, just like everybody else, I'm a selfish human being that's like, I deserve better than this. But Mm -hmm. we are deserving of death. And Mm -hmm. Jesus took that on so that we won't experience that internal separation from God. And I absolutely have in the middle of the worst panic attack I've gone through been like, why God, why are you allowing me to go through this? Because I have, you know, I mean, I've been pretty good, like I've made mistakes and I've chosen sin over God many, many times. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I haven't really lived too terribly. So why are you allowing me to go through this? And I mean Jesus, the one thing that he promises us is suffering. And Mm -hmm. he says in this life you will have tribulations. Mm -hmm. It's like the guarantee from his own lips that we will go through hardships. Mm -hmm. And I I mean it's it is really difficult to go through like tough things. That's why they're called tough things it's not easy to have hard experiences and circumstances come but i mean i just i mean it's so easy to say it like after the fact and i'm like yeah god like you just get me through it and i'm just trusting in you <laughs> like but in that moment of i'm Experiencing this panic attack, and I don't understand why you're allowing it to happen. He, I mean, maybe not at that second, but after it's happened, whether it be a minute or two after I've calmed down, or a day, or even a month later, he'll remind me through either me personally reading the word, or through a sermon, or through a conversation with a friend, that it's that refining fire that you're experiencing. He's drying out those impurities that. Mm-hmm your sinful flesh has woven into it that need to be drawn out so that we become more like Christ. He's refining you through the hardship. The fire is hot and it burns and it's not nice to be in the middle of, it's nice to be outside of and get that warmth, but in the center, that's where it's the hottest. And when you're at that apex of heat and pressure and you're going through that tribulation or that trial, it doesn't feel good. But that's when you're being cleansed and you're being purified. Mm -hmm. So in those moments when I'm like, God, I don't get it. Like, why are you allowing this to happen? I just have to remember that it's because Jesus said that it would. He said that it's going to happen and that it's that refining fire of God's that you're going through so that you can be more made more like Christ. Mm, and, yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't feel good in the moment, but somebody told me one time, I can't remember how old I was, but it does not matter. Um, <laughs> it was just a few years ago. But he said that God is more concerned with your eternal well-being than your immediate comfort. And Mm. that's something that stuck with me ever since he said that, where Mm. even though God doesn't want us to be miserable, God doesn't want us to just always be depressed or angry. He cares ultimately about us being in heaven with him. Mm. So if we are going through that uncomfortable season or that refining fire, and it's hot and it hurts, it's only for a season. Because like Paul writes, the momentary afflictions of this life have no comparison to the eternal weight of glory yeah. that is to be revealed, Yeah, Amen. you know, and yeah. I think it's just that it has to be that eternal and heavenly perspective and mindset that we need to have in terms of going through. It doesn't have to be anxiety either. It could be any temptation that you're facing or a job loss like I just mm-hmm. had or um, your parents divorce. I've gone through that. My parents are divorced. That's another story that's really hard. Whatever it is that you're experiencing, that small moment, even ultimately if it's for the rest of your life, if it never gets resolved on earth, it is going to be resolved in heaven. Mm, and I think yeah. that that's something that we have to think about is that God doesn't promise us a good life in terms of the American dream or health, wealth, and prosperity, you know, he just promises us that he's going to walk with us and that when we're in heaven, then we will experience that perfect life because we are perfect and complete lacking in nothing in heaven, you know? Yeah. But we just have to keep that focus. And that's why Paul Mm -hmm. says to think on those heavenly things. And, and it's hard. It's not easy. It's very easy to get distracted and to think about yourself and not God. I'm not saying that I'm perfect. I am not a good representation of what it means to keep your mind focused on the Lord. Mm -hmm. But we have to do that, Mm -hmm. especially in those moments of anxiety and of fear, Mm -hmm. of worry, of temptation, of whatever. We have to Mm -hmm. keep our eyes focused on the Lord because he's the only thing that we're going to get through.
0: Yeah, that's so good. Well, thank you so much, Beth, for taking the time to chat with us and telling us your story. And for everyone listening, we want to remind you that your story matters. Talk to you guys
1: next time. Bye.